from the dog catch of the governor. They all got to go. Your station for prep sports year-round. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition here on 106.1 FM NASH ICOM or on the web at NASHFM1061. Com. Tune in app available anywhere in the world to listen in. You can get us at home via Alexa. Just tell her what to play. She'll do it. Also, our podcast available following each show at CrescentCitySports.com. Just go there and click on more at the top of the page and click on podcast and you got us as well. You can email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to join in the conversation. Love to hear from you. Later on in the show, we'll visit with Al Dupuy of CrescentCitySports.com on the latest on the NFL draft. Any movement there, Al's had his second mock draft out recently, posted at CrescentCitySports.com, and we'll have Al on the show a little bit later on. We'll touch on college baseball as well, among other things, but we'll start off by talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, media availability today to talk with some players Coach Willie Green off of last night's regular season finale, a loss to Golden State, kind of an afterthought with a lot of players sitting and the Warriors needing the win to secure a third in the West, which they did, obviously. Now the play-in game is set Wednesday night, 8.30 against the Spurs at home. The Pelicans, by the way, are a five-point favorite. Joining us now to talk about that from WGNO Sports Weekend Sports Anchor and Everyday Reporter Richie Mills. Richie, good to have you with us. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Well, listen, first and foremost, uh, I guess in general, it's just been a good year for the Pelicans. It didn't start off that way. They were horrible on the floor at 1-13, and 1-12, and 3-16, and, and then off the floor it was lousy with the totally misleading verbiage about Zion Williamson being ready for opening day, and he's yet to play. Boy, things changed, though, pretty quickly. Things got a lot better, didn't they? Man, the, the turnaround is something to, to kind of look at. and just I, I, can, I can guarantee you that 98% of the NBA didn't think the Pelicans would be in this situation when they were 1-12. But, I mean, the turnaround after the All-Star break has been awesome. And it's so funny to think that both the teams playing in this play-in game, both the Spurs and the Pelicans, were four wins into a 20-game schedule around Thanksgiving. So, I mean, the fact that both teams are in this position is miraculous, but, man, they've really been able to piece things together. I think C.J. McCollum has a large part to play in that. 
I think the role players that they have have a large part to play in that. They've really gelled. They really look like they enjoy playing with one another. And to be honest, you know, whether whether they make the playoffs or not, this season is a success based on the fact that you won five more games than you did last year with less talent, I believe. So, I mean, just that in itself is a success. No question about it. Listen, uh, they have really come a long way. And after making a lot of wrong moves, David Griffin made a whole bunch of right moves this year. You get Jose Alvarado for nothing. You got Najee Marshall last year for nothing. Both are major contributors. Of course, you went out and traded for McCollum, a huge trade. You went out and got Valanciunas, outstanding move. And, of course, you drafted Trey Murphy and Herb Jones. That's a whole lot of right, right moves, correct? Absolutely. I mean, Trey Murphy, uh, up until a few months ago, was in and out of the G League with the Birmingham squadron. Herb Jones might go down as maybe the best second-round pick in this franchise's history, I think, by the time his career is over. No one... No one really knew what to expect out of that, but, man, he has been a defensive force for them the entire season. And then, yeah, you mentioned Jose Alvarado, who was always a great point guard over at Georgia Tech. He's starting to come along. He's showing that he's committed to the defensive. And I think all these guys, Trey Murphy even as well, they're all showing a commitment to the defensive end, and that really reflects in the numbers post-All-Star break because if you look at the Pelicans after the break – they're really a top-10 defense in the NBA, and it's because of all those guys you just mentioned being committed to the defensive end and really wreaking havoc night in and night out. Well, listen, Jackson A's has done a nice job at the four. Obviously, they you know, have gotten productivity out of Murphy over the last month or so, which has been quite good to see, and they need Brandon Ingram on the floor. That's why it was smart not to eat the cheese and play guys last night. They took McCollum out after six minutes, never played Ingram, never played Valanciunas, never played Jones, all of whom are banged up. So the thought process is you get them back healthy for Wednesday night. What does that mean uh, about that particular game? Well, I mean, Brandon Ingram, in the 55 games that he has played this year, they're 29-26, and 26, so they win with him on the court more times than not. And really, when I look at this series as a whole, I understand the Pelicans are 1-3 and three against the Spurs this season. But really, what I pay attention to are the last three games. You had the February 12th game that they lost to the Spurs. But when you think about it, that was only C.J. McCollum's second game with the team. He had 36 points, but really the bench production, that rotation, they were still trying to figure out how that chess piece would work. Uh, so you can't really judge too much off of that game. And then the two games in March, Brandon Ingram didn't play. So when he's healthy and he's on the court, like we just mentioned, the probability of them winning is a lot higher. And I think with this team at full strength against the Spurs, who are banged up themselves, I think that obviously you look at the Pelicans as the favorite being that they're all probably going to be healthy, they're going to be available, they're going to be at home. And I think the stakes are a lot higher. Visiting with Richie Mills at WGNO. Certainly the, the media will make a big deal out of the experience factor of coaches, right? Greg Popovich versus Willie Green, Hall of Fame coach, first-year coach. Does that make a lot of difference, a little difference, or not much difference at all? I, I remember the 2014-15 the season for the Pelicans when they had Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and they were in that scenario where they had to beat the Spurs in the final game of the season to make the playoffs. They, of course, go on to get swept by the Warriors, which was when I learned that 20-point leads in the NBA mean absolutely nothing anymore. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, when you look at that year in particular – Willie Green was still playing. <laughs> he was with the Orlando Magic. That was his last year as a player in the league. So certainly experience favors the Spurs. 
But there's just something about this Pelicans team that tells me that, that they're more prepared. The talent's obviously there. They have a 10- to 12-man rotation on a good night. And when everyone's contributing, I don't know of a team that really can, can stop them. And you saw that. That was evident with that West Coast trip that they had a couple months ago where they took down the Suns, the Jazz, uh, the Kings, the Lakers, all in, what, a week stretch? So, I mean, mm-hmm. experience, yeah. Obviously favors San Antonio, but I'm not buying too much into that. Yeah, you, you flash back to that 2014-15 season. There's a direct tie to the current Pelicans because Monty Williams was the coach. And Monty, by all measure, did a good job. And they went 45-37. and 37. They made the playoffs. And yet he still got fired. It was the wrong move at the wrong time by the wrong GM. And they chose the wrong person. The GM should have been gone, not the coach. Unfortunately, we've seen that in, in retrospect with Monty Williams and what he's done with the Phoenix Suns, who were the favorite to win it all. And, of course, who was Monty's protege and assistant coach at Phoenix? It was Willie Green. So it's, it's almost like full circle, and you, you're kind of making right what you got wrong back in 2015 when you got rid of Monty Williams with the hire of Willie Green. Right, and how funny is that, that your reward for winning the so-called play-in tournament and getting the eighth seed is you get to face Monty Williams and the Suns, who are what, 64 and 17, mm-hmm. I think, and, and they've already clinched the Western Conference, so there's your reward also. <laughs> I mean, for the seventh seed, you get Memphis, who's just been an absolute beast this season. I think they won 38 games last year. They're already, what, 55, 56 this year. I mm-hmm. think Taylor Jenkins is probably going to win Coach of the Year, but I mean... The, the West is tough. So, I mean, just, just the scenario with them being in it, it, it's it's truly, truly a surprise, and it's a success, and it's something that, that they can hang their hat on. Yeah, I look at the West, and Phoenix has to be the favorite, but Memphis is playing great, and they have depth as well. And then, of course, I don't dismiss the Warriors because if Steph Curry comes back with the way Clay Thompson is playing and the fact that Draymond Green is now healthy uh, and Steve Kerr's the coach, I certainly... I don't discount them and give them a chance. If there's any dark horse at all, it might be the Clippers. You saw how deep they are. You saw the way they're playing. They've gotten healthier. Uh, that's kind of a dangerous team. I suspect the Clippers will beat the Timberwolves, and thus it would be the Timberwolves playing the winner of the Pelicans, San Antonio. And if it's the Timberwolves, I think the Pelicans have a real shot. Uh, they'd have to outscore them because the T-Wolves can flat-out score. They don't defend very well, but they can really score. Clippers were another story. They'd be very, very difficult to beat. Yeah, that, that's going to be, in my opinion, the real dark horse, too, because, I mean, if you're Memphis and it's your first time being at the 2 seed in a long time and you have to face the Clippers, who are just getting healthy, I mean, they couldn't miss a three-pointer when they played the Pelicans, what, last week? And so mm-hmm. you, you, you have to go up against that in the first round of the playoffs, which certainly no one wants to see. And they don't even have Kawhi Leonard led yet, which is, miraculous in itself but with the Timberwolves how that matchup is interesting they're also a very very young team outside of Carl Anthony Town so I think the Pelicans have had their number in recent years of course they're a different beast to deal with this year but I certainly like the Pelicans in that in that game yeah that's why this one is is a big one they can really get to that look if you get the Pelicans cannot lose uh, and that's what I wrote at CrescentCitySports.com after last night's game they can't lose in that if they lose the play-in game, it was a successful season with progress, and they're in the lottery. If they win the play-in game and then lose the second play-in game, 
then they're in the lottery and it was still a success. And if they win both playing games and they're in the playoffs, well, it was obviously a success because you made the playoffs, regardless of the fact that you're probably going to go down to Phoenix. I don't think anybody uh, would, in their right mind, would say that the Pelicans are a contender. They're not, uh, but they can be. They're certainly making progress. But either way, I think they win, no matter what happens here uh, from this point forward. Yeah, the, I mean, the numbers favor them. As you mentioned, they were a, what, a five-point favorite coming into this game. They're more talented. They're deeper. Their rotation runs 10 to 12 deep. I know, obviously, the numbers are skewed with the way this series has gone this season, but they just look like a whole different team with C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, all the pieces healthy, everyone contributing. And they're playing with house money. So you, you also have that nothing-to-lose mentality, of course, when you're on the court. So, so why not make a run at it? You know, I mean... Your best piece won't be back maybe until next year. I know I see a bunch of murmurs on social media that, that Zion Williamson may make a return if they make the playoffs. No, just forget that whole narrative. Bury that until next year. You get a lottery pick out of it maybe. I mean, you're playing with house money. You can only get better from this point on, and there's really so much to build on. And it's all optimism from here, really. So It is, and I've talked, Ed and I have talked about it over and over again on our show on Saturday about – Zion Williamson and how we'd really prefer to see them go the whole season without him and find out who you are and what you have and build off of that so that if he really does want to be here, now you add that piece for next season, ostensibly healthy. And if you don't determine that he wants to be here or if you really question his health long-term, then you make the move now to try to get something very, very positive in return. So I think they're in good shape either way, but If he shows up to play at all in the postseason, I'd be surprised. If he does, it's going to really kind of mess up the rotation, right? And he'll be on a minutes restriction. So how would you handle that? I mean, would you bring him off the bench for five or six minutes? Would you immediately start him? You know, how's it going to impact the other players? I just think at this point it's fool's gold because with him, they're still not a title contender. They're not winning the NBA championship this year. Right. There's more questions. Like, like you just said, there's more questions than answers at this point. Do you make him play point guard? Where does he fit in the rotation? Do you force feed him the ball? How, there's, there's just too many questions to answer. And you see how they're playing right now. They're loose. Brandon Ingram, obviously, you want him to be the primary focal point of this offense. CJ McCollum's a great complimentary scoring piece. Jonas is doing great inside. I think he averages, what, 17 points, a little under 10 rebounds. So, I mean, they, they've already built something that I think you just need to let play out for this portion of the year. But with Zion, I mean, there's just too many questions to answer at this point. And I don't know why you would even risk an injury in the playoffs and set yourself back even more than I guess you already have. Yeah, agreed. I think that's, that's kind of where it's at. And yet if for some way, shape, or form he shows up and they put him in, I'm certainly not going to find fault with it. I, again, that's an organizational decision. I don't expect that that's going to happen at all. You buy all the kumbaya, all the positive stuff coming out of Zion's camp now as compared to the fact that you never heard a word from them for five months? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't, I don't buy anything until that person and or individual says it themselves in front of a group of people. So I think this is just my opinion. I think when the season is over and they're ready to move on into the offseason, I think you know it would be cool to hear from Zion Williamson, you know, just – just see what he's been up to, you know. I mean, I know he's been under a lot of scrutiny. I know, you know, you see the Mardi Gras floats. You see the, the Twitter beef he's getting. I mean, 
I just want, I would like to hear from him. I would like to hear his thoughts, where he's at with this process, you know, and, and some transparency would be nice too. That's what we all want. The one word that I think I hate the most is speculation. Who do you think deserves the MVP in the league this year? I mean, to me, it's, it can only be one of two guys, either Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. And if you're pinching me, I'd pick Jokic again. He had, Yes. His two, be- two best players on that team, aside from him, didn't play this year. And, I right. mean, he carried that team to where they're at. Embiid's been phenomenal. But the 76ers have a better talent pool, certainly, than Denver has. Your thoughts? You also have to look at the competition. I mean, like, like we just said, the Western Conference is a beast. So I think any time you can associate a player's name with first time in NBA history, for a guy that's already accomplished so much, I think what he eclipsed, over 5,000 points, which he hadn't done before. He's almost averaging, if he's not already, a triple-double. And like you said, he's missing two of his top players, and he's still putting up these numbers. I think it's a no-brainer. I understand Joel Embiid was like, well, I don't know what I have to make you do to like me. I mean, he's having a great year, too, but I think that Nikola Jokic just has shown that he's more of a complete player. He's doing more with less in a tougher environment. Yeah, listen, that's my thought process, too. And then in terms of Who's going to win it all? I mean, listen, I, I cannot pick against the Suns in the West. I think they're a team on a mission. They made sure they got Chris Paul back healthy. And based on how close they were last year and how good they are, uh, the determination, the multifaceted attack they have, I, I can't pick against the Suns in the West. And I can't pick against them to win it all, period. Uh, East is much harder uh, for me to pick because I think there's as many as four teams that could win it. And yet if I had to make a pick today, I'd probably pick the Bucks again and have a rematch in the championship series. Your thoughts? Ooh. Man, you see, before before Steph Curry's injury, the Warriors were a shoe-in for me just because, you know, they look like the Warriors of old. So I think that if they are healthy, that's my pick. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get away from the norm here. I'm going to say the Warriors are going to surprise everyone. I think they will play maybe either Philly or Milwaukee in the finals, but I think the Warriors uh, return back to the top. Well, Philadelphia's got a similar situation to the Pelicans with this whole Ben Simmons scenario and will he or won't he and all that stuff. So they're dealing with the same kind of thing. And I I think that one's even worse because Simmons has never been part of that team. He was traded there and he's never played one second for that team, unlike Williamson here. So that's a lot different animal than, than here and yet it's similar as well. It's a shame, too, because, you know, you see him play in the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Classic with Mount Bird. You see him play at LSU. You know that this guy's a, a skilled, talented player, a generational talent, maybe, when, when he is healthy. But it's a shame that you're not going to be able to really see him play with the Nets in the playoffs, and that really, you know, takes away from everything they're trying to accomplish with Philly. I mean, you have James Harden, you have Joel Embiid, you have Tyrese Maxey. I mean, the list goes on and on with that team. So the West is... It's talented, but I felt like there was so much more that could have been accomplished in Philly with Ben Simmons, and it just, it just never happened. So, I mean, but we know what they're going through. They know what we're going through. Yeah, look, it's an interesting dynamic, to say the least. But certainly, the New Orleans Pelicans look to be in good shape moving forward. Maybe a lottery pick from the Lakers. Maybe a lottery pick of their own. Look, all these things are there moving forward. Uh, Kyra Lewis comes back from injury. And Herb Jones and Trey Murphy gain a year of experience and figure to improve. So 
and then of course Williamson. So it, it seems to me that their trajectory is good. I think without Williamson, they're a 500 team, uh, if not slightly above 500. And with him, uh, look, the possibilities are there. They're, they could be a 10 to 15 games over 500 team. Right, and they'll get better in the months to come just based off health alone. You just mentioned all the guys that get back from injury. And, I mean, but like I said, you're playing with house money at this point. Just enjoy the experience. Take away as much as you possibly can for it because outside of, you know, Valanchunas and McCollum, there's not much meaningful game experience with this team from top to bottom. So, it, I mean, it, you're only gaining from this entire scenario. So that's my thing. And you're only going to get healthier. You're only going to get better based off of that back in the next couple of months. So just enjoy the ride. Play hard, yeah, the, but enjoy the ride. Yeah, the only other with experience is Garrett Temple, and he's not going to play. So so you're right. They're a young team, but, but they've got a team in the Spurs coming in here that if they play up to their ability at home, they can win and, and probably will win. But never underestimate Popovich and what they're capable of doing. Richie, tell everybody about how they can follow you on social media and about how they can watch you as well. You can follow me on Twitter, at Richie Mills. It's probably where I'm most active. You can catch us on uh, WGNO Monday through Friday, weeknights at 6 and 10. Also, Friday nights, 10.30 on NOLA 38. You can catch us on the WGNO Sports Zone, which I think we do a fabulous job of breaking down all local sports. Ed's out of the office this week, so you'll be seeing a lot of me. Also, we'll introduce the newest member of the WGNO Sports Team, Aaron Lee, you can catch us again. Friday night, 10.30, NOLA 38. Yep, saw Aaron at the Delgado games over the weekend, and good guy and hard worker and using the camera and getting in front of it too. Why not? All good. So looking forward to it. Uh, Richie, listen, appreciate the time. Keep up the good work. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you again. You got it. That's Richie Mills of WGNO. And again, that play-in game Wednesday night, it's 8.30, and people say, well, why is it so late? Well, it's a nationally televised game, so it'll be at 8.30, so it's slotted where the networks want it slotted, and that's why it will be played that late. So it should be a festification. It's Easter week. Some people taking off. Can't imagine that the arena won't be full. I certainly hope that's the case. And Again, the crowds have been better over the past month, which stands to reason, because the team got better, things got interesting, the play-in made it, Certainly more interesting. And then, of course, the competition for the entertainment dollar in sports lessened, too. The effect of the Saints is always palpable. The same is true of LSU. Uh, Tulane, to a lesser degree, but still there. And as you get into the season, there's more interest in the Pelicans if they are relevant. Well, they became relevant by playing better, by the trade from a column, and based on this play-in scenario. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I am not a real fan of this whole play-in scenario. It's not something that I think is very good for the game. I understand it. It keeps more teams engaged and competing for playoff honors. It keeps more teams away from tanking. I get all of that. keeps more teams ostensibly away from resting Star players, I understand all of the rationale for it. But ultimately, it's an 82-game season. That's a long season. And it seems to me that having eight teams from each conference is plenty enough. And you've decided who the best teams in, rather than making those six, seven, 
and eight teams have to play to get their spots. That's just my opinion. Now, the other thought process is the 82-game season itself. Should the league consider amending it to shorten it to, say, 74 or 72 games? I think it should be considered only because of what we've seen with the number of star players resting and resting frequently, which, of course, hurts the league. It hurts the image, and people pay their, their freight. They pay for tickets. They go to the game. They want to see the star, and he's not playing. So I think all those reasons are reasons to consider, A, getting rid of the plan, and B, shortening the season. I think those are legitimate concerns, legitimate considerations moving forward. But as for this year, Pelicans and Pelicans fans can reap the benefits of the whole play-in scenario to enable New Orleans to at least get a chance to taste what postseason basketball is like. It's good as part of the growth process of this franchise under a good first-year coach in Willie Green. To join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to participate. We'll get into some college baseball a little bit later in the hour. A pretty good weekend for local teams, and we'll talk about college baseball moving forward. But when we return, following a brief timeout, we'll get into the New Orleans Saints and, of course, the NFL draft as a whole. Where we're at right now, it's April 11th. We're just over two weeks out from the draft. Who's thinking what? We'll explore that with Al Dupuy of Crescent City Sports. We've got his latest mock draft up at Crescent City Sports, and we'll talk to him about what the Saints are thinking and what the first round is looking like now when we continue in just a moment. Glad you're with us on this Monday evening. Happy Easter week. It's all access. Ken Trahan with you, Rudy Dixon, our producer, back in a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. 1061 Nash Icon wants you to imagine scoring 25K. What would you do with that money? Listen at the top of every hour between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. for our national text keywords. For your shot at 100 bucks, you win $100, you're instantly qualified for 25K. It's the 25K payday, all from the New Orleans country giant. 1061 Nash Icon. The New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, presented by Shell, April 29th through May 1st, and May 5th through May 8th, with Luke Combs, Willie Nelson, Jimmy Buffett, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Black Crows, the Abbott Brothers, Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real, Ricky Skaggs, and hundreds more. Tickets available at nojazzfest.com and at the gate on festival days. Don't miss Luke Combs on Thursday, May 5th, at the Fairgrounds Racecourse. Miller Lite, official sponsor of Jazz Fest. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com find. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash find. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash find. ZipRecruiter.com slash find. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash find. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash find. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash find. ZipRecruiter.com slash find. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day. This report is sponsored by Dairy Queen. DQ presents How to Know if Spring is Sprung. Step one, order from the new Spring Treat Collection. Step two, grab a fruity blast dip cone, s'more shake, or any of the colorful treats at DQ. Step three, declare spring is indeed sprung. DQ, happy tastes good. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The regular season is done for the New Orleans Pelicans after last night's game with Golden State. The Pelicans will host San Antonio Wednesday night at 8.30 at the Smoothie King Center in a play-in game. At the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, a final round 71, the American wins at Augusta National by three over Rory McIlroy. Scheffler won despite a double bogey on the final hole. It's the first major win for the 25-year-old Scheffler. College baseball LSU completes a three-game sweep at defending national champ Mississippi State, winning 13-3. Josh Pearson hit a pair of home runs and drove in five. UNO staged a furious rally from seven runs down. Outscore McNeese State 11-9 and completed three-game sweep. South Florida stopped Tulane's win streak, winning 13-8. Tulane still won the series. Southeastern over Texas A&M Corpus Christi 7-3. Houston Baptist down Nickel State 9-2. And Delgado by from a four-run deficit to edge defending national champ LSU Unis 5-4 to win that series. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061.
NFL draft just over two weeks away now, so speculation continues to run rampant about who, what, when, where, and why. Here to try to sort it out for us is our good and great friend from Crescent City Sports, Al Dupuy. Al, always a pleasure. How are you? Doing fine, Ken. Always good to be with you. Thanks for having me. All right, as we mentioned last week, of course, your recent mock draft had the Saints picking a tackle at number 16 and a wide receiver at 19. Tell us where where we are right now. Has that changed at all in your mind? Not really. I think the reason for uh, having the offensive tackle go at 16 (laughs) is that he may not be there uh, at 19. And uh, I think that Olave, the wide receiver that I had at 19, uh, you know, has maybe a better chance because I think the big men are going to go really fast. And uh, if you want to grab – uh, a tackle and a wide receiver. Uh, I, my thinking was, uh, you know, that maybe you should take the big guy first before he goes, but it could be reversed. I mean, I, I just like those two guys going to the Saints, but uh, at 16 and 19, it's a guessing game as to who's going to be there uh, at either 16 or 19, whether you go with the wide receiver at 16 or the tackle at. 16, but uh, that's the way I I did it, and I think that maybe it's going to be a big man's draft in the beginning, and hopefully some of the good players like wide receivers will slide down to the Saints. Of course, the tackle we're talking about is Trevor Penning out of northern Iowa, and he is the fourth offensive tackle you have going in the first 16 picks. So to make make your point, it's, it's a good position, right? Yeah, it's very good. It, the two deepest positions, and it, it is probably wide receiver and offensive tackle, which should play well for the Saints. You know, at tackle you have Neil Evan Neal from Alabama, who's going to be long gone. Probably Charles Cross from Mississippi State is not going to make it there. Or Ole Miss, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Wahoo yeah. from North Carolina State is mm-hmm. going to go high as well. So hopefully that pinning... Uh, we'll slide down to the Saints, and uh, that's not a given, but it's going to be close. It's going to be right in that area. That's why I had him going uh, with 16 in hopes that uh, there'll still be some good wide receivers there, even if uh, you know Olave doesn't make it there. There's a lot of good receivers going to go a little bit later. Well, the Saints also have the 49th choice overall in the second round, and to get three players in the top 50, if you get it right, you've got three starters and you've got a heck of a nucleus, right? That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see uh, where they're going to go there. But uh, I think that they have to get the two main uh, positions that they need in the first round. And uh, then they can have a choice. I mean, if you need a... a a safety or a, because they lost two safeties or something mm-hmm. like that, you could do that. They're going to need a running back at some spot, but I don't think – I think there'll be running backs in the third and fourth round that they, they could grab. But uh, the, the talk that I really get disturbed about is, is the fact that they're going to take both of these picks and trade up to get a quarterback. And that's, mm. if you read uh, the tweets, and it, that's all they have on it. It's, you know, the Saints did this mm-hmm. because they're going to use these two picks, trade up, and draft a quarterback. 
that makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, first of all, they have three quarterbacks on the roster. So then you're going to have four quarterbacks. So you got to dump one, I guess. They're not going to keep three quarterbacks on the 53-man, I mean four quarterbacks on the 53-man roster for one thing. And uh, I don't see a quarterback. The, the consensus is that the guy they really like and the guy they're going to trade up to get is going to be Willis from Liberty. Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis from Liberty. And this guy is at least he's one year away, maybe even two years away from being a starter in the NFL. Uh, the guy has abundance of talent. He's, he's not tall. He's six foot. But he's built like a linebacker. Uh, and he's got a super gun for an arm. He's got great speed. He can run. Mm-hmm. But any time he's played against tougher competition, he's really struggled. He struggled against Ole Miss, even struggled in the senior bowl game, clearly outplayed by, uh, by Kenny Pickett in the senior bowl game. But any time he's gone against uh, better competition, he's not looked like he's ready to play. And I think he's at least one year, maybe even two years away from being a starter in the NFL even though he has an abundance of talent, and everybody seems to be really uh, just uh, amazingly loving this guy, <laughs> including some of the scouts. But uh, I-, I think he's got a lot of talent. But uh, do you give up two number one draft picks to pick a guy that may not play for two years? I can't see it. Well, I think it's a move you make only if you're absolutely positively in love with a guy, and you have a definitive need. Right. With Jameis Winston under contract for two years, Andy Dalton for one year, right. and having Ian Book as a second-year player, it seems to me that you could make that kind of move or look to make a move for a quarterback next year. Now, the argument against that right. is they don't have a first-round pick next year at this well, point. So they don't really that. at this time. Uh, yes. uh, there's some consensus that if Sean Payton decides to go back into coaching – Mm-hmm. They will have a, a number one pick, maybe two of right. them. Right. <laughs> so, right. Of course, that's a speculation. But anyway. Sure it is. Uh, you know, right now, I think they stand pat with the quarterbacks they have. You know, that, why would they pick up Dalton, you know, if they're going to do this? Mm-hmm. If they're going to dr- move up and get a quarterback, you know? So, yeah, Dal- Dalton's a good move. It's an insurance sure. policy, an experienced player who can right. step in and, and run the team. I'm not saying he's your franchise future no, quarterback, but I mean, of course not. for this year, uh, this is, this, you know, it just tells me that uh, they just want another quarterback in case of an injury or sure. uh, they need to play him, and I don't see them, uh, you know, moving up. Uh, if, and, and then you drafted a quarterback last year who's haven't even played, but, you know, played in one game, which was meaningless. Because mm-hmm. half the team was hurt, right? But anyway, uh, so do you just trash this guy and say, "Well, you know, we'll draft another quarterback and get rid of him"? Because you're not going to keep four quarterbacks on your 53-man roster. Al Dupuy with us from CrescentCitySports.com talking about the NFL draft. So Derek Stingley was impressive at pro day, right? You got you got him going. 12th overall, well, prior yeah, to him. moved up in my, my opinion. Uh, there's still some aspect, you know, doubt about him, but because that uh, even when he, 
he did play a little bit after his freshman year. He struggled somewhat. He had a great freshman year, and uh, it may be because he was still hurting with the injury. Uh, but I think he's a heck of a player if he's healthy, and he had a really good pro day, ran really well. Uh, he, he did some good moves in the, in the field, on the field uh, practices at, at the pro day. So uh, I had him going lower in round one, but in my latest mock I, I moved him up to number 12. And he could slide into the top ten, but I, I think that uh, that's a good spot for him, and uh, he still has something to prove. But if he can go back to his form like he, he played as a, as a freshman, the guy was awesome. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I think he's a good football player, and if he's healthy and if he can stay healthy, that's the problem. There's a red May- flag with the injury thing. Maybe the most intriguing player – that's going to be on the board in round one and will be picked by someone is Jamison Williams. And how quickly does he recover? Because he's electric. He's got size. He's got speed. He's smooth. And if he's there at 19 and Olave's gone, do the Saints pick him? Uh, That's, that's, that's a hard decision because, uh, you know, he may not play until mid season, you know, if then, uh, because of the injury he had. Uh, torn an ACL and and in uh, the championship game, which was kind of late, so it's going to take him a while to recover. Now, if he was healthy, he'd be you know between Garrett uh, Wilson from Ohio State and Williams, they'd be the top two receivers in this draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I'm putting Wilson ahead of him because he's hurt because Williams is hurt. But uh, the guy is electric. He, he's he does have thin legs, and, and uh, I'm wondering about his. He only weighs 180 pounds, and he's a fairly tall guy, six foot two. So he's he's not uh, a well built, solidly built guy, but he's got outstanding speed, and of course, uh, you know he can get deep. And now the one knock besides that uh, injury is that he was kind of a one hit wonder. I mean, a one year wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had a really great year, but then before that he didn't do a lot. So he transferred to Bama from Ohio State. But uh, he's explosive, especially in, with really short area quickness, outstanding uh, catchability. So he's an outstanding receiver, and I have him number five only because of the injury. Mm-hmm. I had Gareth Wilson as Ohio State, my top receiver, Olave next. Then you got two big guys, Burks from Arkansas and London from USC, who are really good receivers as well. They're not speed guys, but they're fast enough. They're huge, 6'2", 225 for Burks, 6'4", 219 from USC for London. So those guys are all going to go in round one. And if this, you know, Olave's not there, the Saints would still have a good chance to get a top receiver, I think. Uh, in the first round because of the depth at that position. Who do you have as the best player? I know you've got Hutchinson going first, but who do you have, or at least in your mind, who is the best player available in this draft? Well, uh, you know, Hutchinson has proven it, I guess, in his uh, last year at Michigan 
where he really played well. Uh, I think Thibodeau, the other defensive end, is really good, and he may be the best pure pass rusher in this draft. But the problem with Thibodeau is that the scouts are really concerned about his motor. Uh, he takes downs off. It looks like he doesn't go full blast all of the time, whereas Hutchinson does. And uh, But talent-wise, as far as a pure pass rusher, I would probably rate Thibodeau a little ahead of Hutchinson. But the fact that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem to have the, the, the same uh, energy and uh, want to as a football player as Hutchinson has, and he seems to take downs off his... Now, the guy that's really come up, and I'm a little skeptical about people that come up late in the draft, and it, it's a lot of times it hasn't proven, but Trevon Walker from Georgia, the defensive end, has mm-hmm. really come up the draft board of late in the scouts' eyes, and uh, I'm a little skeptical of that, but I, I put him as, you know, because of his outstanding physical ability, that uh, put him way up there as well. But, uh, you know, I'm a little skeptical of high, of late risers, <laughs> but I think he's a good football player. But, uh, you know, right now uh, I think uh, you have to go with the edge rushers and the three top ones, uh, Hutchinson, Walker, and Thibodeau, are, are right up there. And then you come into all of your offensive tackles who are really good as well. A couple of minutes left with Al Dupuis of Crescent City Sports. You have four quarterbacks going in the first round. Is that because of the position and people are desperate for quarterbacks, or do you think these guys are that good? Yeah, and the guy, you know, the guy that might really surprise Kenny is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I would not be shocked if this guy ends up being, once he gets on the field in the NFL, is the best pick out of the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Willis has got outstanding talent, like I've mentioned, but he's, he's a ways away from being a, a starter in the NFL, in my opinion. I've always liked Corral from Ole Miss. The, the thing with, with him is that he, he has been often injured, and uh, he's not a, a big guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a fairly uh, undersized-type quarterback. He's 6'1", but he only he weighs right at 200 pounds, 205. And he has had a, a bunch of nagging injuries at Ole Miss, so that's a bit of a, uh, a flag there. But uh, I don't know if there's an elite quarterback in this draft, but there's some good ones. If you, went with, if you would go with a guy that's the most ready to play, it would, of course, be Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. And he could step in and, and play pretty quickly, I think. And he has looked good, a really good season uh, in 21 and had a really good senior bowl. That's another thing. Even in the senior bowl, uh, Kenny Pickett, out really in the game itself, outplayed uh, Willis quite a bit in, in the senior bowl game. Now, Willis, when he was throwing against air, looked really great. But uh, that's my uh, skepticism on Willis is that when he plays against tough competition, uh, he struggles. So uh, he's going to be good, but it may be a year, maybe even two years. I don't know. You can read Al's latest mock draft at 
CrescentCitySports.com. I'm sure he'll have another feature up here in the coming week or so. Again, that's CrescentCitySports.com, and make sure you follow it and follow Al's take on what we can expect here in just over two weeks. Looking forward to it, and Al, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate the time tonight, and look forward to having you on again soon, like next week, okay? Mutual, Ken. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Al Dupuy of CrescentCitySports.com. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061 to join us. College baseball, good stuff for locals. We'll get into that next when we continue with All Access for a Monday night on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Volvo at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has a full stock of fabulous 2021 vehicles with a wide range of the XC series, including the XC40, the XC60, and the XC90. If you are looking for a luxury sedan, see the S60 or S90. Don't forget the XC90 hybrid or rugged V90 cross country from Bergeron Volvo. Visit BergeronVolvoCars.com. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at BergeronVolvo.com today. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. (sighs) Proud partner of the American Lung Association. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! (laughs) Turns out he likes to do it by feel. (laughs) Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. (laughs) They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report, Memphis Region Zone E. This report is sponsored by Dairy Queen. DQ presents How to Know if Spring is Sprung. Step one, order from the new Spring Treat Collection. Step two, grab a fruity blast dip cone, s'more shake, or any of the colorful treats at DQ. Step three, declare spring is indeed sprung. DQ, happy tastes good. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Sunday is Easter, and if you're looking for a great place for brunch, head to Josephine Estelle in the Ace Hotel for a special four-course prefix Easter menu. After brunch, celebrate the legacy of the late great Bourbon Street icon, Chris Owens, at the annual Chris Owens Easter Parade. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Where at Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. 
DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Well, it was a pretty good weekend in college baseball for the area teams. First of all, on the junior college level, Delgado won a weekend series against defending Division II national champion LSU Eunice. Three great games. I had a chance to do them all. All one-run games. Delgado wins two of three against a premier program. You can read about it at CrescentCitySports.com. The Dolphins playing extremely good baseball, won 10 of 11. And they'll host Nunez Community College Friday at noon and then Saturday at 1 in a doubleheader at Kershwardy Stadium. Then... It was a great weekend for the University of New Orleans. Privateers swept McNeese State at home in Southland Conference play. They rallied from a seven-run deficit in the Sunday victory, and that was pretty special to be able to overcome that deficit, and obviously it put them in a good place in terms of where the conference is. It is a wide-open conference at this point in time when you look at the way the conference is shaping up right now. I mean, look, I think it's Southeastern was the pick to win in the preseason. They've struggled to a degree here in the regular season. UNO at six and three sits atop the Southland Conference now. Nickel State five and four, UIW five and four, Northwestern State five and four, Houston Baptist five and four. Southeastern is four and five, McNeese three and six, AM Corpus Christi three and six. So the privateers sit at the top of the conference right now, which is pretty special at this point of the season. The American Athletic Conference, well, Tulane won two of three this past weekend, lost the Sunday game to South Florida to avoid being alone in in the conference. But right now, Tulane is five and one in the conference, tied with UCF for the top spot in the American. East Carolina's four and two. Houston and Cincinnati, three and three. Wichita State, two and four. South Florida and Memphis each are one and five. The Wave, 22, 10 and one overall. So a good weekend for Tulane as well. LSU, big weekend. Swept the defending national champ, Mississippi State in Starkville. So erasing a lot of the criticism and naysayers this past weekend. That was huge. And in the wide open West Division of the SEC, LSU is seven and five in a three-way tie for second. One game behind First place, Arkansas. Who do they play this weekend? Arkansas at Fayetteville. Tough, but a real opportunity starting on Thursday. The Tigers, one game back of Arkansas, tied with Auburn and Alabama at 7-5. Texas A&M, 6-6. Ole Miss and Mississippi State at 4-8. Of course, the real story is Tennessee in the East. They're 12-0. 31-1 overall. Look like the best team in the country. We'll take a timeout here. Back with a final word in just a moment. For all access on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. 
Chase loves soccer. I'm Chase Greer and I'm 12 years old. And his dream is to turn pro. That's why Chase and his family make sure he's always having fun and squeezing out his best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, buddy, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze Fruit on the Go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. That's my boy! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? Yes, your closet. Does it whisper your taste? Does it scream your taste? Stitch Fix gets to know your unique style and fit. Its selection transforms to show you only the looks and trends you'll love. With a shopping experience that evolves alongside your taste, your closet will scream so you without actually screaming. Stitch Fix for women and men. We're so you. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. <sighs> Proud partner of the American Lung Association. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Chase loves soccer. I'm Chase Greer and I'm 12 years old. And his dream is to turn pro. That's why Chase and his family make sure he's always having fun and squeezing out his best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, buddy, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze Fruit on the Go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. That's my boy! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? Yes, your closet. Does it whisper your taste? Does it scream your taste? Stitch Fix gets to know your unique style and fit. Its selection transforms to show you only the looks and trends you'll love. With a shopping experience that evolves alongside your taste, your closet will scream so you without actually screaming. Stitch Fix for women and men. We're so you. He's back! The Easter Bunny is coming to Place St. Charles. Place St. Charles' favorite furry guy is back and making his annual visit to 201 St. Charles Avenue for the Place St. Charles Easter Egg Event. He's giving away colorful eggs filled with candy and prizes Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, April 11th, 12th, and 13th from 11.30 a.m. until his eggs are gone. In every egg, there's a chance to win a $1,500 gift certificate to a luxury beach vacay in Destin, Florida. Win free lunches from Place St. Charles Food Court. Win gift certificates to the shops at Place St. Charles. Win a beach vacation. Hop on over to 201 St. Charles Avenue this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and get the eggs while the getting is good. Because when the eggs are gone, they're gone. For more info, call Place St. Charles Management at 504-524-4444. This event is free and open to the public.
always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM NASH Icon at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Putting a wrap on things tonight, a reminder tomorrow night, showdown continues, the great rivalry, the University of New Orleans hosting Tulane at Main Street Field, 6.30.